and welcome back to Isolation Station. This is your host, Rachel. I am the founder of Welford Wellbeing and the host of Things I Wish I'd Known podcast. Now, Isolation Station is kind of an offshoot of Things I Wish I'd Known. Instead of me interviewing people and learning from their stories and what they wish they'd known, it's musings, bits from books, rants, all different kinds of things that... I guess I just feel like sharing um, with you guys who may also be isolated at this time. So today I wanted to talk about um, depression a little bit. It's something that has definitely shaped my life over the years and something that I think a lot of people experience even if they're not aware that they experience it. So Depression for me was like this coat of sand. Um, If you can imagine wearing like a really thick, heavy coat of sand um, and it comes down past your knees and it's pretty heavy and you're carrying it around all the time and when the depression starts to come on, it's like a dripping tap. So it's quite insidious, it's quite a slow process. But eventually the coat of sand, all the sand starts to get wet and it gets so heavy that you just physically, emotionally, mentally, you're just weighed down, you can't move anymore. And then you just have to lay there until the sun comes out and it starts to dry the sand and you can start to get motivation again and I wanted to kind of talk a little bit around this thing that it was an idea that a friend of mine Kerry um, if you ever get to see actually she does this incredible play called Bipolar Me and a few other plays as well she's a very um, very talented actress and and um, writer screenwriter and um We were discussing this kind of thing around depression and motivation and she was talking about the impossible task and I was like, oh my God, that is what it is. You know, it's like maybe laying there and thinking, okay, I know today that I I need to get up and have a shower and brush my teeth, but it's just like the impossible task. And to other people, it can seem like such a minute little thing that you should just be able to do. But to you, it's like, oh my God, it's so impossible. And I remember a lot of the times when I was at my parents and I'd had my breakdown and I was being lovingly cared for, thank God, by my incredible parents. And um, I was really unwell, but I also didn't want people to know how unwell I was. And... Partly, I think this was because I didn't want to worry them. And partly, I think this was because I didn't want to admit to myself how bad things had got. And I don't know if this is common with most people with mental health issues, but I found that I became very adept at lying to myself and other people and and playing at, you know everything's okay 
and being able to kind of put this mask on because I remember once I got better after staying at home for a few months and I kind of moved back to London and, and was trying to piece my life back together. And I remember having conversations with my mum and her thinking that, you know, obviously it had been bad, but she, I don't think she realised the the depths that I had gone to with the depression and um, and not because she doesn't pay attention or she doesn't care, but just because I got very adept at, at kind of hiding it. And I remember like a few days where, you know, I hadn't got out of bed or washed my hair for a while and I was just really... You just lose all... Um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like you just can't care about anything. So you don't care that you're dirty or you haven't washed or your hair's really greasy or, you know, things that normally you'd be like, oh, I need to go and have a shower or I've got to brush my teeth. You just don't really care. And I think in my experience of depression, the things that got me well was pushing through this impossible task phase. And that's what I want to kind of talk about today is like, if you are listening to this and you've got depression, um, in my experience, and I'm only talking about my experience, so I want to be cautious around how I put this across because I realised when I was in bed with depression and people would say statements like you can choose to be happy or come on just get out of bed like just brush your teeth it will make you feel better like I knew all that stuff I knew it would make me feel better I knew that I had to get out of bed I knew that it was me that had like I was the only one that could fix the depression I knew that deep down but it was so terrifying and it was such a a heavy weight that I was carrying and so much unprocessed pain and and I didn't even know how to take a step forward in that moment and so if you're listening to this I don't want you to think that this is the overall solution for everyone or that you know but what really really helped me was this inner tenacity that I started to build around I'm going to get through this. Like, I don't want to live like this. I can't live like this. I can't live in this depressed state. It's just not how I want to live the next potentially, what, 60 odd years of my life at that point before I was going to die maybe. So I started forcing myself, and I'm not recommending this <laughs> necessarily, um, but I would literally kind of roll off the bed and then I would land on the floor and then I would be on the floor and I'd be going in my head like get up get up get up but it was just like this impossible task and because I knew I couldn't stand up out of bed I'd sort of like chuck myself on the floor and then I would lay on the floor and I'd just be in my head going get up get up get up get up get up you know just repeating to myself over and over again like come on come on come on we can do this we can do this and eventually I'd I'd, you know, sit up and then I'd be sitting and it would be like, get up, get up, get up, get up. And then eventually you'd be standing. But it's like you've got no um, power, you know, so then you're sort of standing and it's like you just end up standing there like aimlessly, like just staring or something. And then it's like, OK, come on, now we can do the stairs, you know, and then it would have to be like, right, 
Ooh. And that's walking down the stairs is not even hard, you know. Um, but it is when you're that depressed and then you'd kind of get down the stairs eventually. And, you know, this went on for ages of me just having to, like, day in, day out, like, really get aggressively tenacious with myself about you are not going to stay in that bed. You are going to get up. You, you know... This is not going to get better if you don't do something different. And I think I read somewhere like, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. And that kept sticking with me like, okay, so something has to change because that something's created this um, in me, this this ease, this illness, this whatever you want to call it, right? And because at the time I was reading a lot of Louise Hay and a lot of these self-help books and I was starting to work with, like, building myself back up with affirmations and things like that. But you've really got to force yourself through these impossible tasks. And, you know, sometimes that might be... It's 5pm in the afternoon and I've got out of bed and I moved to my couch... And that can be your tick for the day, your motivation tick. Um, it could be that, you know, the next day then you try and do that by 4pm, 3pm, 2pm, 1pm, you know, like make it super achievable for yourself. And then keep giving yourself other, in inverted commas, like impossible tasks, like, okay, so today I'm going to get up and brush my teeth. And that can be your, you know impossible tasks that you can make possible in that moment and then you just keep going and you you know I'm a great fan of lists <laughs> this is something that I shared with Kerry actually and she now shares with her audience that you know I had a list next to my bed that would just say get up brush your teeth have a shower put clothes on you know and and I still run that today like I still run a version of that you know, get up, dress up, show up. And I find, especially in lockdown, a few few people have commented on this, like, oh, you look a bit dressed up for lockdown or whatever, if I'm on a Zoom call or something like that. And I'm like, well, that is part of my medication in a way, is to get up, dress up and show up every day. So, you know, to make sure that I get up, have a shower, brush my teeth, put a nice outfit on, put lipstick on, do my hair you know like they're the kinds of things that help keep me well day to day and it's when those kind of things start slipping that I really have to watch myself and it's complex with doing what I do and um and living with depression because I now know that if you live if you say I have depression you're creating that as well so I don't like to use that terminology anymore when I talk about myself. Sometimes I suffer the symptoms of depression, but I don't have it, you know. Um, and I'm moving away from that. I'm moving towards living free of depression. And it is like a daily ongoing thing. But now my medication, if you like, are things like get up, dress up, show up, do my meditation, um, you know, make sure that I don't isolate myself make sure that I spend time with friends and family and actually speak to people on the phone and stuff is a really big one for me as well get outside 
be in nature if you can, you know, get fresh air. Like even in lockdown, if if I don't go out every day, I just open all the windows in the flat or I'll go and sit on my roof that I've got a little roof that I can get out on um, and make sure that I get fresh air every day. And I think, you know, when you can start to get some sort of consistency in your motivation, you're going to feel so much better. And then you can start to realise that you've got the power over this and there's many routes to healing from depression many 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 routes you know there's therapy medication you know self-work but in my experience the thing that has worked the best and has kept me well for this amount of time I think my was it 2014 was my full breakdown um and I've had my ups and downs, don't get me wrong, in the last um, in the last six years. But 95% of the time now, I'm really well, like really well. I'm really happy. And the things that have really helped me do that are having this consistency to my, to my care, to, you know, prioritise my happiness, don't people please too much. Giving up alcohol was a big one for me as well. That made a huge difference. Um you know, just looking at my behaviours and the way that I talk to myself internally and the way that I treat myself and getting some consistency in terms of that I am worth worthy. I'm worthy of living an incredible life. I'm worthy of love and care and attention. I'm worthy of wearing nice clothes and feeling good about my appearance. I'm worthy of, you know, not punishing myself with food or exercise or um overworking although to be fair that's probably something I'm still working on she says having made a a camp in her bedroom so she can record the podcast um you know best thing it's an ongoing it's a work in progress but I think what you'll find is when you can start to empower yourself to realize that you have way more power over this disease than you realize and that you can take these daily steps, even tiny ones, and it might feel completely pointless at the time. Like I remember thinking, you know, oh, this is just pointless, this is hopeless, what's the point, this is just stupid, you know. And then over time, like within about a year, I was able to, you know, go back to work and um, I was able to, you know, really start to feel a lot better. And within three years, I was like flying, you know, and like now... I didn't even know that life could be the way that it is. I had no reference point for how calm and happy and balanced I could feel. So, you know, just keep going. Do the impossible tasks. Um, you know, try and every day, if you can, just try and do one thing, even no matter how tiny it is, that's going to make your position with your depression better. It's going to enable you to step slightly out and away from the depression and into a more happy, balanced, calm um, existence where you can start to feel again, where you can start to enjoy life. Like, we're so lucky to be alive. And that was one of the things, you know, when I got better, was just like, wow, I'm so grateful and lucky to be alive and to not be feeling suicidal all the time and to not, you know, have these awful thoughts about myself and the world and it's all totally reprogrammable. You know, you can do, you can heal from this, you can do it. And yeah, it takes work. And yeah, 
you might go up and down with it and you might find that you know there's days when you slip backwards and you think I knew this wouldn't work and you get back into that negativity but if you can get a consistent mindset of I am healing every day you know start to use affirmations I trust my body to heal from this depression I allow myself to feel lighter I allow myself to be free of this I love and accept myself just the way that I am uh, I love and accept myself while I heal this depression, you know. Like, just be nice to yourself. It makes such a difference. So, I guess that's kind of all I wanted to say today. I'm trying to keep these relatively short and sweet. If you need help, if you need support, there's loads of help and support out there. There's lots of access to... Um, therapy yes the waiting list along I was on waiting list for a year or so but it's worth getting on the waiting list as early as you can so that you can do some self-work by yourself uh, there's obviously private therapy if you're looking for therapy and you don't even know what you're looking for you can check out my blog at wellfordwellbeing.com and I've got a um a blog post called how to find the right therapist and it lists all the different types of therapy and the kinds of questions that I wish that I'd know, knew to ask my therapist so if you're looking to go someone privately you can make sure or give yourself the best chance of getting the right person that's going to be able to help you um, probably if you just google how to find the right therapist well for the well-being the right blog post should come up if you need kind of more support moral support then join our Facebook group, Clear Community. We're in there. I'm in there really, really frequently. We do guided meditations together. I share different tips on and tools on how to stay motivated, how to stay positive, how to get through all this stuff. Um, you can also follow me on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Welford Wellbeing. And um, you can also listen to my other podcast, Things I Wish I'd Known, which season one is out. There's 14 episodes, which you can catch up on if you've not heard of it yet. And season two is in the works right now. I'm really excited. Some of the conversations I've been having are just woohoo. Um, so I wanted to kind of put this out in the in-between um, before season two comes out. So hopefully you've enjoyed listening to this. So much love. Take care.